Hi. <laughs> You're probably wondering, what are you watching or listening to right now? A bunch of idiots about to talk about a superhero movie that just came out about a spider villain in Underoos. Well, I'm here to tell you that this podcast is going to be awesome. Spectacular. Amazing. Whoa. <laughs> Took the word right out of my mouth. What's up, everybody? Josiah Roy here with Cap Americanski, Seth Zelensky. What's up, buddy? What's up, everybody? And up, baby? Jimbo, Jamie Leroy, no relation. What's up, Jamie? Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> we are talking about Spider-Man Homecoming today. Yeah. Mm. Uh, thanks for tuning in here to the Geekiverse's iTunes or SoundCloud channel, and also to uh, our watchers or viewers, I should say, on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Spoilers nothing is off limits here if you have not seen the movie and you're worried about spoilers please stay away and then come back later when and you've then seen come it. back later so save mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, link mm-hmm. bookmark it and come back to it right after you've seen the movie in fact maybe listen to it on the way home i i would encourage you to do that i would do it so we have a lot of fun here at the geekiverse on these spoiler casts we're going to dive into a lot of details today um i guess actually maybe a good starting point is um first reactions i want to hold off on seth he's our spider-man aficionado that is not over the age of 50 uh <laughs> grumpy i didn't know grumpy was a spider-man aficionado oh, it's like i didn't know grumpy was Star over Trek the age of 50 <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry i gave away his age uh jimbo rude. what so what compelled you about this movie what did you like what didn't you like what's your overall reaction i thought it was awesome <laughs> Oh, classic Jimbo. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I really did think it was awesome, though. Uh, I liked... Oh, gosh. I liked that Spider-Man was a teenager with real high school problems. <laughs> I also liked that they chose an actor that was just perfect for the part, and uh, he was younger than previous Spider-Man actors, so that was nice, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Let's move on. <laughs> Seth, uh, overall, what do you think of the movie? Um, I loved the movie. Um, I think there's, uh, it, it's remarkable that um, we were six Spider-Man movies deep, and um, they've managed to make a Spider-Man movie that's so true to the character, but that is really as unlike any of the Spider-Man movies we've gotten before. Um, it's definitely one of the best MCU movies. Uh, it's contender for best Spider-Man movie, which is saying a lot for me because I personally put Spider-Man 2 on quite the pedestal. I, I think it's up there with the best superhero movies ever made. I don't know if Homecoming quite beats it. I think I feel like Spider-Man 2 maybe is a better movie, but Homecoming is extremely close, and it's and Homecoming is a better Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And there's so much about it um, that is just right up my, my alley. The fact that um, they drew so much from John Hughes movies for the teen drama um, really hits home for me. And um, there's just, on all levels, this was just wonderfully done. Loved it. I am of the mind that this is the best Spider-Man movie we've ever seen. Mm. Um, I don't, for whatever re- reason, remember Spider-Man 2 in, in, in its high regard, but not as high of the, of the usual fans' regard. Um, it's yeah. a hard 
thing to to kind of dictate with yeah, how different to, everything is. It's yeah, I'm trying to identify how much of it is just my nostalgia for the Spider-Man I grew up with, and how much of it is genuinely appreciating the quality of the movie. So I've been trying to yeah, it's put that very in perspective. Hard. Yeah, and also we're fresh off this. This was just um, under a week ago. Yeah, well, Jamie and I saw it two nights ago. Mm. But it's you got to let it sink in sometimes, and that's not always easy. Yeah, because uh, it's it's easy to think. And I said it uh, the other day when I was kind of talking about the movie that every time i see a movie i think it's human nature to be like that's my favorite movie like that's precious in your mind if you like it right yes absolutely i've used to do that so much um but uh, yeah i've really tried uh uh you know reduce that in uh recent years but uh yeah homecoming i was um not only to gain some additional perspective, um, I saw it a second time. Also, not, not just to gain insight, but just I really wanted to see it again. And I really want to see it uh, again, again. And that's just partially because it's a fantastic movie, but just partially because Spider-Man, is, no matter the movie, uh, is just, to me, always inherently engaging and rewatchable. He's just... I don't know. He's like almost like the perfect superhero. He's just endlessly interesting. I thought uh, this this iteration of Spider-Man, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, was was incredible in the mm. sense that Tom Holland is my definitive Spider-Man in every sense of uh, the character, whether that's Spidey or Peter Parker. Um, even to a lesser degree, maybe uh, how he interacts with Aunt May, which is a different dynamic from what we're used to in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this feels like this was ripped straight out of the comics. Mm-hmm. In, it felt like I was watching a comic book play out in front of me on screen. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that we've always gotten in these these movies. But um, they, they absolutely crushed it. I, I couldn't have liked it, I think, anymore as I've let it sink in over just the few days here and pick apart what I liked and didn't like. I'm finding that the things that I didn't like have kind of faded away and I'm already forgetting about them. I, yeah, I am, the more it sinks in, the more I like it. And that's just been increasing in the days since I've seen it. It's, um, it's pretty remarkable. So I want to get into, uh, some of the box office numbers here. Jamie, can you pull up the review that Pete did? I want to reference some of that in just a little bit. Indeed. Um, Mm -hmm. Pete Her of thegeekiverse.com reviewed it, uh, gave it a 9.0 out of 10, which is one of our highest rated movies of the year uh, mm-hmm. from a critical standpoint. And that's something that I think, uh, harping back to your one point, is that you and I were saying how we, we kind of like just whatever the latest movie is the most that we like. It sticks fresh in our mind. But yeah. we're getting better as critics, and especially as we've been a part of the Geekiverse for a few years now, mm-hmm. at kind of stepping back a little bit. Like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is my favorite movie not named Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to a lot of people, but it is. And going through it, I went into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I was reviewing it, and I really took a step back, and I think I was critical, but not overly critical. Like, I found mm-hmm. a good balance, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is yeah. not always easy to do. And I did the same thing with Rogue One last year. I, I mean, why wouldn't I just give every Star Wars movie a perfect score right i'm a huge star wars fan because that's not the way it works mm-hmm. um so I, I think that's something that we've all been able to develop a little bit and grow as, as writers here yeah uh, but we're growing box, folks <clears throat> we're growing that's right and you're a part of it yeah so box office um according to variety it's doing quite well i imagine <sighs> very yeah, very man. well 257 million internationally for open weekend opening weekend which is pretty damn impressive mm-hmm. uh without looking at my notes do you think it was the highest grossing film of the weekend yeah. I would think so. No. <laughs> what? what? Despicable Me 3. Oh, come on. With 298 that. million. Wow. 
how uh, the minions beat the spider. 66 million of that, that coming worldwide in China. or domestic? What was that? Everything. Worldwide. Oh, worldwide. Okay. But think uh, about that. 66 million from China. I don't know what that stacks up Spider to. Man was hi- is higher domestically, though. Because it was like it 114 domestically, I believe, which uh, is a really big weekend. That's really good. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So 117, actually. Oh, 117. But close enough. Okay. But <laughs> I, uh, when I was flipping through our stats today and I saw Despicable Me, I was like, hang on. I must have read it like four times. <laughs> now, I love Despicable Me. I I still have to see the third one, but like that's one of my favorite animated films. Same. Mm. Uh, little tidbit, Despicable Me actually... With this third film that just came out, it was the biggest animated opening for any film in in China uh, in oh their gosh. history. So that's that's really impressive when you can make it overseas Absolutely. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, box office mojo. Mm. We're gonna talk about how it opened against other Spider-Man films. All right. Uh, adjusted for inflation to kind of level the playing field. All right. uh, the top grossing opening weekend film of all time for Spider-Man was Spider-Man Three. 178 million. Wow. It was the that, highest grossing and also the best. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like Spider-Man. You had me there for a second. <laughs> huh. I know you better than that. I don't know so why. He's contradicting you're... himself here. <laughs> no. It's, uh, um, yeah. The original Spider-Man was a uh, second, believe it or not, 156 million. So Homecoming falls quite short of those in it this was age. the first Spider-Man movie. And one of the first real... I guess um, superheroes of the age. modern age. Yes, yeah. it was X Men, and then after that, um, year after, two years after that, um, Spider Man really elevated, and that was a exciting new time. Uh, yeah, first real Spider Man movie. If you're not counting the 1970s stuff, I saw Spider Man, uh, that 2002 version in man in theaters and in the drive-in like at least three times i just kept seeing it every time i would go to a movie it was playing yeah whether it was the second movie or it was a part of a a pair that was playing Mm. i just couldn't get away from it and i didn't love it at the time and it was funny this is way ahead of my superhero uh, love i guess but i I was a star wars fan at the time so that was the year of attack of the clones and you know i saw that multiple times oh yeah 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 (laughs) Um, yeah i saw (laughs) spider-man when i was 15 i was a freshman in high school so it was very seminal um that series it was just it it hit a right just the right time for me what's funny to think about there so i was i would have been 11 and jamie that means you would have been eight indeed you (laughs) you were mom had to take you out of the theater for when um goblin (laughs) uh visits aunt may really when she's praying yeah. Oh, yeah, and you know what? That's so scary, man. I actually remember thinking that was a little intense too. I stayed in the theater and watched mm. it with my dad, but maybe that just had to do with where we were with our age. Like that yeah. was intense. I right? would say so, but yeah, in I mean, I mean, not to having the, seen it since, it. <laughs> <laughs> it having Horrible. seen it since being eight years old, um, still a little freaked out. But <laughs> you know, I've got to go back and rewatch those. I think uh, I know someone who has that trilogy that I should borrow it from. Oh, yeah. If he hasn't eaten it yet. Oh, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Anything that's vaguely shaped like a donut down Trevor's hatch. So you can borrow my trilogy. Oh, thank you. I don't want the one that's got bite marks in it. Yeah. You might miss a whole chunk of the movie. Jeez. You indeed will. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That was good. So uh, continuing on the rankings, that means Homecoming was third. Uh, Spider-Man 2 finished fourth with 114 million. That means mm. the amazing Spider-Man movies finished below it. Mm. Um, to kind of underwhelming numbers, relatively speaking. Mm. 94 million for Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014 and 2012's Amazing Spider-Man only 66. Wow. 
Yeah. It's a little weird to me. But that also came out the same summer as uh, Dark Knight Rises. And the Avengers. And oh, the Avengers. Geez. Yeah. Um, That's right. <clears throat> yeah. And there was there was always so much uh, trepidation with people going into those amazing Spider-Man movies. I feel like to an extent they didn't. They never got quite a fair shake because people always were hung up on them rebooting Spider-Man so quickly. Uh, and overall, those movies weren't as good as the Raimi movies or Homecoming. But there's a, I think there's a lot to love in those movies as well. So I actually didn't see Amazing Spider-Man one in theaters. Now that I think of it, yeah. um, I remember renting it when it came out. It's so okay. funny because I, I definitely did. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely saw the second one in theaters. But um, interesting how it shakes out again. Um, in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe inaugural. Uh, origin story film. So, you know, your Iron Man 1, your Hulk, your mm. Thor, Cap, Guardians, uh, Doctor Strange, so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, this is the top by far. So 117, Iron Man would have been second with 98, the original Iron You're Man. You're talking wow. box office? Box office, okay, original yeah, yeah. weekend. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, so this uh, this blows away the competition there. That's pretty mm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of 2017 movies... Uh, not not quite the top, but top three, which is good. So mm. Beauty and the Beast, 174 million, which is just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great movie. Like I'm just saying, like disgustingly good is, oh, is okay. disgusting yeah. amount of money. That's <laughs> yes, that's a lot. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two was 146 million. Awesome. Uh, Wonder mm. Woman was 103, so it has beaten Wonder Woman, which is mm. saying a lot because my oh. goodness, that was Wonder popular. Woman Man, that kind of set the world on fire. Uh, what What is, and I know we'll, we'll go off on a bit of a tangent here, what's your favorite superhero movie this year? I now, Critically aside, like let's not look at it from a critical standpoint and what we think might be, um, I guess, if you will, a good quality so, film. Oh, okay, so not... What was your favorite? What was my personal favorite? Probably, coincidentally, the one that I think critically was the most well received but it's also the one that um hit most for me that was logan i think logan probably is still my number one. Oh, man i almost I forgot, almost logan forgot about this it. Year. it doesn't feel like a superhero movie it's almost. yeah it's, like that's ah, true yeah man, okay it's really tough i mean that like and i adored wonder woman and i adored homecoming um what's funny to me and I never in a thousand years would have guessed this, is that I probably rank Guardians fourth in that mix. Amazing. And I would say so, but I, I loved Guardians. Like I was saying before, I, I thought it was better than the original Guardians, which is, you know, not necessarily a popular um, opinion. But not a slight either. No, like, I mean, I thought Guardians 1 was was great. Um, I did. It wasn't my favorite of the MCU, but it, w- it was really good. Um, but I, That's I, just, my number I one. just feel like Volume 2 was more interesting, and it just... I need uh, to see it again. I, Jamie's in the same boat as me. I know we've talked about it a hundred times. We we want to see it again. Like yeah. I only saw it yeah. once. Yeah, I feel like I was it's out not- of town when I when that came out. I was out of town when oh, yeah. Spider Man came out. Ah, uh, oh. wow. if only something had come out while we were in L A. Oh, we would have found a way to that see it. Been, we would have. Yeah, we could have seen it. These <laughs> yeah, guys shop, never we were, home we were for the important things. No, <laughs> listen. When when you're very busy and you work for the Geekverse, your life is the GKV. So, uh, <laughs> you're. <laughs> <laughs> you're logan thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i just start a sentence and i don't know where it's gonna go <laughs> michael scott it's an improvisation yes an improv michael conversation <laughs> and uh what uh what about you jim michael scott is not dead <laughs> um, thank you very much everybody at home is like what the hell is jim on drugs jim's on crack everybody 
That's not nice. <laughs> That's how rumors start. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, Jim looks really thin. She looks really stretched out. She looks well, we really need to start a bunch of false rumors to drown that out, like Michael Scott. Yes! <laughs> yep. All right. Did you, did, you, <laughs> did you hear that Josiah has hair plugs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh come on. I've got kind of the Max Scoville straight up hair you going do, Ace Ventura do, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's time for a haircut, Jojo. I would say more Max Scoville than Ace Ventura. I think so. But... I need like a, a Hawaiian collared shirt or something, a, a loud collared shirt. I was Ace Ventura for Halloween one year when I was a child. Oh, and it came with the rubber wig of his hair. Do you remember in our Geek Charades video, which you can watch dog at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, we played a game of Geek Charades and you had to describe, <laughs> I think, Jim Carrey? And you... Right, and you said Mr. Popper's Penguins. Well, they said a Jim Carrey movie with, with, an, animals. with, with animals, and I said Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> I didn't think Ace Ventura. <laughs> I don't Popper's. have a rational explanation for that. That was Jemai. That is like <laughs> th- that tells me that that's what you thought about. Like Ace, like Ace Ventura is it? Oh, that was one of my favorite Seth I moments. I don't understand. Yeah, when I do a I've Seth ranking one Mr. day, Popper's the, Penguins. I've seen Ace Ventura. You never saw it. Okay, so one day that's when hilarious. I do a Seth ranked on a Friday. That's what's going to be in there. I'm going to rank all my Seth favorite ranked. Seth moments. Yes. <laughs> well, Mometer is going to be on there. Yeah. The I'm the, the meatiest boy you've ever seen is no. going to be on there. Or, no, Let I'm the meatiest boy. boy you'll ever know. Yes, okay. yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I Please get off on a tangent. I like me. Seth a lot. Don't misquote right. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite movie, Jimbo, superhero this year. You don't right want to see What Seth. is it? What is it? Oh, my gosh. Gun to my head. It's a point... You pull a hypothetical gun on your sister. Ah, yeah, that's rude. I'm going to have to go with... It's so hard because they're all so good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say... And I, I hope it's not because it's the most recent one, the freshest on my mind, but I really loved Spider-Man Homecoming. And like Wonder Woman is so, so close to that, but I really... I am a toss-up. Really enjoyed Spider-Man. And I could make a strong argument and probably go insane... I'm thinking about any of Logan, Wonder Woman, or this in, in Homecoming as my favorite because mm. Homecoming is the most fun, easily. Like, yeah. easily. The most fun the in most terms of... No, I thought Logan was a, was, a, was a very light, oh, fun yeah, yeah. time. Um, it, it's a light-hearted romp. It only made me think about suicide um, three times. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty good. a barrel of laughs. A barrel of laughs, yes. A barrel. <laughs> it's a barrel of something. <sighs> Such a good one. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, so after Wonder Woman, I said Wonder Woman was the best movie this year. And I need to probably watch them all because Logan came out on Blu-ray and I watched it. Yeah. I've not watched the noir version yet, by the way. Oh, I watched oh, that. I want to Very watch cool. that. I, haven't, I, I need to watch the noir version of, uh, or the black and white version of Mad Max as well, Fury Road. Oh, released I need black, to do that. The black and chrome version, I need to get that. But, that would uh, be perfect. Yeah, Logan's very cool across both those versions. Um, yeah, I, I have only seen Wonder Woman the once. I believe all of our wives were compelled to go see they went to see wonder woman they did again after they saw it with us little miss funeral my wife went uh with mrs cap americanski uh-huh. um and molly did we yeah, see with yeah, okay. molly. our yeah. friend uh, drew and molly so, so they went and saw i would it. love to see it again um that's the problem i mean maybe we need to watch them back to back to back so they're all fresh in our mind so when they all come out on blu-ray we'll do like a marathon marathon there you yeah. go i think that's a good idea <laughs> all right then uh, lindy ruff is excited team. for it <laughs> so oh, right how here. are we on the camera time and we should probably stop here. Stop. All right. Intermission. Well, intermission, folks. I think we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've got a lot to get to in segment two. So coming up, we're going to give you uh, our thoughts on the cast, the tone of the film, how Tom Holland uh, compares to Garfield and McGuire. And then Seth's going to give us a little bit of a 
an introduction on an article that he is writing currently on some comparisons to other John Hughes-style-esque movies. Uh, so we're going to get to quite a bunch in segment two. Uh, keep it locked here to the Geekiverse. We'll be right back. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you of our fantastic YouTube channel. Next time you go to the Geekiverse on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to search or hunt or find or look for anything that is our great content. Then it'll go right into your YouTube feed and then boom, you know what's happening when it comes to the Geekiverse. Then share it with your friends. We want other people to join in and tell us if you don't like it. We don't care. We're just having fun. We want you to have fun with us. Be sure to subscribe, share, favorite, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, up, down, left, right. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So let's get to the show. Geekiverse YouTube. Do it. All right. Welcome back to the Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler cast. I'm Josiah. I've got Seth and Jimbo. Hello. With me here and Lenny Ruff running down the stairs. That's my dog for all of you that don't know that. Down here. Under the table. Can't see him. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening here on our iTunes and SoundCloud channel as well as for uh, the viewers on our YouTube stream. Stream, video, same thing. Not really. Anyway, (laughs) for the homecoming (laughs) review, I wanted to reference uh, Pete Herr wrote it for thegeekiverse.com. You can go and read that. It is spoiler free, uh, so you can show your friends who have not seen the film yet. But uh, a few pluses and minuses that he, or pros and cons, I guess, uh, better term for that. For positives, Tom Holland makes a great Peter Parker. Perfect, no, but really great. I think uh, he's about as close to perfect as it, as it gets. Yeah. I don't That's just my opinion. To get any more perfect, you'd have to literally be Peter Parker. I'm, yeah, I'm curious what qualms he had that made he it He was so good. He was a teenager. Yeah. I, I mean, he acted like a teenager. He sounded like a teenager. He was a pretty perfect Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Yeah. Agreed. He was a, a kid through and through. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was perfect. Yeah, that youthful vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is the <laughs> next bullet point. <laughs> I the loved him yeah. as oh villain. What did, in terms of MCU villains, I think he's actually one of the better ones we've gotten. Uh, definitely, definitely. Because what? It's it's him. It's Loki. Oh, it's, um, yeah. I think he takes Winter, the cake. Winter Soldier. Don't tell Lauren. Mm, I think Ego is quite good. Um, oh but, yeah, oh. yeah, uh, yeah. Ego the was good. The ones that are just. I loved Ego. Humans. Yeah. Or, I mean, just he was like, a step up. Um, yeah. But Vulture was, um, I, I don't know if he's absolutely top for me. I, I really liked what they did with Winter Soldier, but um, top three, I'd say. I would say no question top three in yeah. my mind. I think that's a, a pretty good thing. Loki is my definite number one. Mm. Uh, we need to see more of Loki. And then, um, yeah, Winter Soldier's up there too. Mm. Gosh, I thought he was awesome. He was so scary and he's just a regular person he is such a good oh actor gosh. i look yeah. at michael yeah. keaton and kurt russell much in the same vein of seasoned well-respected awesome actors and nailed their respective roles and both of them shared something in common that i thought was unique in that when they were in their human form or their non-costumed form mm-hmm. if you will yeah. they were intense threatening and a little bit scary. Like, yeah, yeah, Ego totally. was so intimidating knowing what he could do and how he did it. And the part, if you haven't seen Guardians, spoilers, mm. but where he kind of just says that he it was a shame that he had to put a tumor mm. in Peter's mom. Like, that blew my oh mind. My and then kind of with, with Michael Keaton, I think we can all agree that scene where Pete meets him at mm. uh, the house. And the car ride over to... Oh One of the most God. intense uh, scenes in all of MCU's I think films. I think oh. if Peter um, hadn't been so young, 
You know, like if he that was makes older, it, yes. he would have not been, so, he wouldn't have given away. He, he would have know? been maybe glaring back at him. But this yeah, Peter or, was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, or, he's like, he's an adult. He's an authority figure. Right, like, or maybe yeah. he wouldn't have been um, so obvious about it. I mean, it was very clear that he was super scared, like mm-hmm. beyond regular scared of your girlfriend's father. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh I, I really, really liked Michael Keaton, and I was very oh, yeah. thrilled when I knew that he was going to be in this uh, I was excited, yeah, because I heard earlier on um, in pre-production that he was in talks for it, and then the talks ended, and they fizzled out, and he wasn't going to do it, and uh, you know we didn't know that it was the Vulture at the time, but then he got confirmed for it after all, so he it seems like maybe he almost didn't play the Vulture, which uh, I'm psyched that he did. Uh, and I, I know it's not Marvel, but it is Disney, and I see almost a contrast there with hopefully what they're going to do a little bit with Woody Harrelson in the Han Solo movie. Like kind of oh. that well-respected, seasoned actor. I assume he's going to play an intense role. He's supposed to be Han Solo's mentor, but there's probably something wrong with him. Like there's probably something mm-hmm. that is a little bit sinister. And I I just love what they're doing with that lately. And I think Marvel is kind of slowly solving its, uh, its quote-unquote villain problem, uh, if you will, where you've got mm-hmm. the DC EU movies – and all their villains are, are really good for the most part. Like they're yes, yeah. They're, they're really DCU good. has absolutely had consistently good villains. Yeah, where Marvel has more so focused on their heroes, mm. and they've all been very good. And now I think they finally bridged the gra- uh, the gap, if I can talk. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's quite awesome to see play out. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that trajectory continues because I think because um, I mean not it's it's only very recently because Doctor Strange I think was like the like token like bad marvel villain you get like an incredible actor to play this role that is like very forgettable and that doesn't have much of a thing and completely like i feel like i like i like dr strange a lot but the villain was like such you know mads mickelson and you bring him in there yeah he was was so forgettable um kind of wasted but i feel like you know so far this year what marvel's done has been very solid villain wise so they've knocked it out of the park they'll keep going hopefully with thor in in the fall we see uh a little more of that, and I think we will. Yeah. Who? Oh, yeah. Kate Blanchett is yeah. hella. That very good chance, and then yeah. uh, and then you'll have Thanos coming. So, mm. and then a little bit of a, a troublemaker with a uh, gold blue. Oh, certainly. <laughs> to, to put that it nicely, I don't know if he'll be the villain. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll be an antagonist, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah. I I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, this is a, a little bit of a, a good segue. Uh, so Pete also wrote in his prose a, a really nice story about a kid growing up in an impossible situation, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe kind of he's referencing a little bit uh, Iron Man here. I adored Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. I loved him as the father figure, mm-hmm. almost like Peter was the son that he, he never had and mm-hmm. wanted to have, and he embraced the role. Because mm-hmm. you would think that he would be the last guy in the world to want to have a son or really have anything to care about. I feel like he'd be yeah. kind of like, like you know, yeah. don't don't talk to me. <laughs> but here it was like awesome. And the father figure role that he took on and kind of the tough love lessons that he taught him and the constant, I guess not so much demeaning, but the lesson teaching that he, he mm-hmm. would have to give Peter, I loved. And this was a new side of Iron Man that we have not seen before in the MCU. Yeah, it was the first time that... Because he has been growing throughout all these movies. And this is the first time that he's been taking on more responsibility here and there. But um, this is the first time where it really felt like he was a a senior member of the... A a seasoned, you know, kind of an elder of the kind of Avengers team. And... uh, 
yeah, and just seeing how kind of like interesting parallels a little bit with um with uh with what he did and what Peter's doing. I, I feel like the very final shot of both this movie and the first Iron Man movie were really neat parallels with Iron Man saying I am Iron Man and it cutting to cutting to credits and with this with with like <laughs> Peter Parker having like this teenage awkward like dichotomous version of it where like he accidentally he's he's looking very like triumphantly but then Aunt May's behind him and she sees him and his his his, his, his secret identity is spoiled that way I feel like it's kind oh, of like so a funny, funny parallel and he had the chance to tell everyone yeah yeah not <laughs> much, not much like the the end scene of Iron Man 1 um also kind of like um the Civil War comic as well the way uh when Superman joins Iron Man's side and he reveals his identity in a press conference like that yeah <laughs> Great to see Pepper Potts back as well. Do you mean Spider-Man? Or you said Superman? Did I say Superman? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> wondering about that. It's like, did I miss I was, something? Yeah, me too. I was like, what? There was a crossover. I thought I read so that. I, I had not considered that, uh, that parallel where Iron Man reveals himself, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily an unnoble thing to do in that situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think he looks to do that for the fame, mm-hmm. but it's awesome that his kind of son figure denies wanting to do that and he wants to yeah. not have the spotlight which he yeah. kind of wanted he wanted yes. to be an avenger he wants to be an avenger he mm-hmm. wants people to know that he's working with tony stark the whole movie mm-hmm. and then he gets home towards the end and says i just want to be the friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah awesome which is totally great. awesome great i'm very glad for that yeah i, I love he, how that came about too in, yeah. when yeah. tony was initially <laughs> saying it on the phone just like offhand friendly yeah. neighborhood spider-man yeah 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 mm-hmm. they couldn't have pulled that off any better and um, so that that new suit that they show off that that Peter doesn't take at the end um, was a really cool looking advanced Spider-Man suit that maybe we'll see him wear in Avengers Infinity War. I assume so. Yeah, because he might be in space because people will be in space in, in that movie. So I mean, that's got to be his next appearance, I would assume. Yes. Right. That's next year. Yeah. Yep. That's unless he's in an after credit scene in uh, Thor something so, black panther what do we have next we have we have thor and then we have avengers right i don't think there's I think anything black bef- panther might be next and then avengers infinity war okay i don't remember where that stacked I up don't in the remember, timeline but just I'm, I'm assuming based on the fact that black panther has a trailer and avengers infinity war it would make sense is still shooting um that black panther is coming out first yeah mm, by the, the way that looks ridiculous might find awesome. yes it does yes it does my gosh that there's trailer that. They i just can't released get... a bunch of stills and everything for black oh, panther as well i can't get enough of that that's looking great black panther will be released february 2018 okay. so that's going to start off next Thank year really mind. nice <laughs> really nice in the first half of next year we get black panther avengers han solo movie Kind of nuts. Also, I'm not sure when Aquaman is coming out, but that's sometime next uh, year. Infinity Wars is May 4th, 2018. It's singular now. Infinity War. Oh, War. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> yes. It was plural. But, uh, they oh, changed man. That. I don't think it was plural. Originally, yeah. Battery is uh, dying. Let me switch. Okay. You can just keep recording. That. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep talking without ya. That's fine. So Pete did mention... <laughs> um, Wait, you really keep... You want me to pause? <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to game Oh, no. <laughs> Pete also mentions in uh, in his review uh, that it is a con that John Watts and his writers took some liberties that as a longtime Spidey fan, he wasn't in love with. I don't really know what he could be referring I'm to. I'm thinking some of the changes they made to, um, let's see, a younger Aunt May, um, Uncle Ben not being as central to the uh, to the plot. Um, 
Hmm, what else could he mean by that? MJ being MJ be yeah. That's, I didn't care for that, but I mean whatever. I don't I think that's fine. I mean if we still don't know that uh Michelle, the Zendaya character, Zendaya Zendaya, um that is that she is Mary Jane. Um we don't know if there is a Mary Jane in this universe or not, but um if she is the love interest, I say Yeah, it was weird that his love interest was named Liz. It was like what? And then they kind of flipped it where she just moves away. They yeah. don't even kiss. It's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Liz I like that. Liz yeah, Allen was same. like an early love interest for for him in the comics before yeah. like Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane or anything. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and uh yeah, I'm look look I I thought Zendaya for the for the brief uh amount of time she was in the movie. I thought she was fantastic. She I thought was she so good. there was a couple we can touch on this later, but there were a couple of John Hughes characters that she was really channeling with that and I would love to see her relationship with Peter develop. Uh I thought there was going to be kind of a resolution between Michelle and Peter within this movie, but that's something they're saving for future movies, which is fine nice. if they want to de- yeah, develop that and, and nice not that rush it. Kind of nice they held off, honestly. I yeah, like Yeah, 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 I think that's for the best. I hate to be that guy, but we need to take a quick segment break. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's just set up the, the camera for that. Oh, you got to go over there, Adam. Damn it. Oh, man. So, uh, we'll have probably uh, probably one more segment after this. Uh, we'll As we teased for segment two, and I apologize, we'll talk about Tom Holland a little bit, the John Hughes comparisons, and uh, the rest of the cast. So, for everything on Spider-Man Homecoming, keep it locked right here to the Gigaverse. Thanks for listening. before we get to your regularly scheduled programming i want to remind you that we have an email list that you can subscribe to for free and we won't spam you and you'll get constant geek updates right to your inbox check it out on thegeekiverse.com all right let's get to the show welcome back to the spider-man homecoming spoiler cast josiah Leroy here with jimbo hi and setho Oh, hey. <laughs> and uh, we are going to wrap up. We've, we've got a little bit of content to go uh, overall with the tone of the film. This being very lighthearted for the most part, um, you know, had that, that fun high school vibe to it like was promised. However, it felt more than anything truly like a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. What did you guys think in contrast to past Spider-Man films and past MCU films? Oh, I'm not going first. <laughs> mm. Seth has uh, more to say. Sure. Uh, I would say that, um, yeah, it had, um, like you said, um, a, a charming lightheartedness to it um, that I feel um, could have been a detriment in the end if it relied too much on that. But um, for me, like, it was really refreshing to see Spider-Man in that light because a lot of the Spider-Man movies... Um, have been heavier, uh, which is not totally inappropriate because a lot of the uh, a lot of the Spider-Man comics dealt with Peter Parker dealing with serious issues. You know, there tends to be a lot of tragedy in Peter Parker's life. Um, but um, yeah, this movie is part of its um, successful endeavor to you know stay true to the character while setting itself apart from previous movies um, was a lot more fun. But uh, the third act is what really cemented this movie, uh, cemented its greatness for me because that is when, because if it, it would have been just all just, you know, fun time all throughout, uh, it wouldn't have had a lot of weight. But um, the third act introduced that weight and it introduced uh, tension um, and it introduced uh, some just absolutely memorable uh, show-stopping moments like um, like the aforementioned uh, car ride with... Uh, 
with uh, Adrian Toomes and Liz. Yeah. Um, and also, for me, absolute number one moment of the movie was the tribute to the old uh, uh, a moment from Amazing Spider-Man 33-ish. Um, uh, I'm not remember if I'm remembering the specific issue, but when he's trapped under the rubble, um, when... Uh, mm-hmm. Vulture causes it to cave in and he goes away. That's a, that's a tribute to a, a very iconic Spider-Man moment in the comics where he has to ba- basically he's he's there he's being crushed under all the rubble and uh, there's he, he, there's absolutely no one there who's going to help him and he, he has he either gets through it himself or he doesn't get out at all. Um, and I thought the movie sold that moment so wonderfully um, and. Uh, it was moments like that that really kind of gave the movie the gravity it needed so that it wasn't just kind of like a meaningless romp. Like, it was a lot more than that. I think Tom Holland crushes that scene because of yes. the emotion there and the panic and really feeling mm. claustrophobic there. Yeah, And it uh, harks back to Tony Stark saying, really, that, you know, you're... You've got to be more than just the suit that you're wearing. You know, I, I've there. There's a couple people. Uh, overall, I haven't heard this very much, but here and there, I've heard people say that they like that scene. Other than the voiceover from Tony Stark cutting in, they they thought that was cheesy. What did you guys think? I, I oh, didn't think I that thought, at all. I thought it was you great because it? it was like what drove him to finally get up was mm-hmm. remembering. Like how, I don't know, the harshness of his words, I guess. Yeah. How he had to be better um, than just the suit. Yeah. I, I liked it in the sense that um, that it is be, because it, it makes it more similar to the comic book moment that it's honoring. Because in that original comic, he starts seeing, you know, uh, uh, he starts thinking about Aunt May and Uncle Ben, which in the comic is manifest visually. And uh, it was it was it was a you know having Tony Stark's words echo through there was a nice parallel to that, um, so I liked it in that sense. But you know that's a good point as well. So I was curious what you guys thought of that because I heard a little bit of trepidation about that. Yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with that. Mm. Um, it was, I thought it was it was a nice little nod. Uh, speaking of nods, I thought that it was funny that they made fun of the kiss as well from the original Spider-Man. Yeah, movie. yeah, there was, the very, some, there was some like very very small reference. I feel like there was even. Um, uh, a moment when Flash Thompson, before uh, Spider-Man takes his car, uh, before he commandeers his car, is um, he Flash Thompson is complaining about Branzino to his date, which was a thing. Remember from the first Amazing Spider-Man, where the where Gwen when Gwen has Peter over with the family and they're they're talking, they keep talking about Branzino. Or they have it's like this running joke. They're having Branzino. It's like this weird fish dish that Peter oh, yeah. had to eat. Wow! It's like it's Branzino, and Flash Thompson's like, "Listen, I know fresh Branzino, and that was not fresh." <laughs> oh my it goodness! Is, it was like that had, uh, had to have been a reference, which was really neat. I love the pokes too, which was funny because this was not just a Marvel film. This was Marvel and Sony working together to make this happen, which yeah. is quite in- incredible that we can see a collaboration like that today. It really is, you know that this was a pipe dream uh, for so long. and uh, I can't believe it happened still. Yeah. Like I, I remember hearing that the announcement was official, that mm. Spider-Man was coming into the MCU, mm. that he was going to get his own film, that he was going to appear with the Avengers, and I was I still feel like this didn't really happen. It, yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, you know, Marvel's arguably biggest superhero ever. And, yeah. And yeah, to, definitely. To yeah, have him. Stan Lee's favorite, so. It's incredible. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. incredible that this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives me hope for future collaborations. Fantastic Four, please. Yes. Yeah, that's where I was going. Fox, you're not, it's just, just not working out just, with Fantastic Four. You're doing a lot of good things with X-Men. 
Fantastic Four is just not working out for you. Please just give it collab. Look what it did for Sony. You know, I, I did mean, see that's the thing. I feel like it, this was it's doing so well box office wise. This is groundbreaking. And Sony gets those profits if I'm not mistaken. So I feel like they're you know Fantastic Four the last one bombed. So that that's that's one I'm really hoping for. They they strike a deal. I'd be fine if they rebooted that tomorrow. Yeah. If it meant that they were going to work with Marvel and Disney, yes, and I, yeah, X Men. I, I, I think the X Men. That's is okay. Lot, I think Fox has a lot of good things going with X Men. They've been, they've been treating that very well over the past twenty years uh, or so. But um, that's been fine. I think Fantastic Four. They, yep. they can't get it quite right. Gotta, gotta get it over there. Yeah. I, um, there was another thing that I kind of mentioned to Jamie that I liked. Um, the intro to the movie. I don't know if you know this, but subtly, they had a Sony introduction where mm-hmm. they showed Sony's logo quick introduction and then they flashed to Marvel's logo and typical intro but with the Spider-Man theme song that's right oh, the 60s that was so theme cool. song and yeah. it was updated to match the Marvel the current MCU theme music that they incorporate so even like mm-hmm. Doctor Strange has his, its own theme song mm. still in the flavor of the MCU yeah Guardians uh, on the the volume 2 soundtrack the one that closes it out um the rap with, um, oh my gosh, what am I blanking? I can't help you. I German remember. guy, Baywatch. Oh, um, David Hasselhoff. Yes, dang it. So Hasselhoff. He's not German, but the Germans love him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dodgeball. So even that had its own spin on it, mm-hmm. and they did that with Spider-Man, and that's when I kind of felt like, okay, maybe this is really happening that they've <laughs> they've they've collaborated on this but i like that they own, they each got their own spotlight so it, it was that's a gr- that's great yeah i really like the way yeah. the marvel the marvel company intro is becoming more you could say self-indulgent but it really is like a celebration of just like this huge history that they've built up uh yeah i love it i think it's fantastic and speaking of music the, the this movie um another problem with mcu is that a lot of the music tends to be pretty forgettable, which is another thing that DC movies have consistently done better, is have uh, more standout music, have signature theme songs for superheroes, which is like a lost art that used to be such a with like Superman and Batman, and with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, they had great signature theme songs. Um, You're talking about original music, original score. Original score, okay. not soundtracks. Um, sure. Yeah, and that's something that um, this movie um, had definitely a better than average score f- compared to a lot of the MCU stuff. You had a Vulture theme, you had a Spider-Man theme, and it wasn't uh, was it wasn't like the best, but it uh, excuse me, uh, but it was but it was really good, and it was it was better than you know a lot of the other MCU movies where the score you don't even really remember it after. It's kind of filler. And so, yeah, so. I can get behind that a little bit. Mm. I uh, I like. Um, if we're talking soundtracks in general, I, I, I must have listened to the Guardians one a, th- a thousand times. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome if we're expect- talking soundtracks, then this yeah. movie had a fantastic sure. soundtrack. Because I mean, that Blitzkrieg Bop was on it. <laughs> Blitzkrieg Bop was on it. It was in the credits. Um, okay, it used um, one of my favorite 80s songs, a, a song that really doesn't get used very much when Peter arrives at the homecoming dance and Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls is playing, which <laughs> oh, is yeah. like which is like a hit for them in the day, but um, it's not really used as often. Usually, you know, Flock of Seagulls and it's always Iran, you know, the song. Every time. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Space Age Love Song, I was so psyched uh, for that one. And also... Um, in the when he's getting ready for the uh, for the for the dance, the sooner or later, which I don't remember who does it, but that's another uh, another good '80s hit that they included. But oh, I'm glad they included that Seagull song. Though. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Great soundtrack. Uh, so going uh, going through the cast here, I know we've touched on a lot of it. Uh, mm. Ironically, when you Google Spider-Man Homecoming cast, 
Zendaya or Zendaya comes up first. Come on, Google, get your crap together. Yeah, it's, that's no, just no. She's not the title. She character. should be like sixth or seventh. But anyway, she um, has a following though. Apparently, she, I hadn't heard of her does before this. Following. But yeah, she everyone had. was like Zendaya, and I'm like, I, I don't know. Is that a singer? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But I think she, was, she is a singer. Is she? She must be in the same vein as like Demi Lovato and all that. Back yeah. from our yeah, yeah, our generation, if you will. It's uh-huh. only a few years removed, but. Uh, Tom yeah, Holland is Spider-Man. Fast, man. Like, yeah. We all agree. We talked about it a little bit that he was fantastic. I don't know. Like I, there's there's so much I love about Andrew Garfield. Um, and, you know, it, uh, because a- Andrew Garfield brought the brought the wit um, and sarcasm to Spider-Man when Tobey Maguire's didn't really have it. Um, and also, Andrew Garfield is an incredible actor um, who really pulled it out for those dramatic moments. Um, and then Tobey Maguire um, was more of this kind of earnest. Spider-Man that didn't have a lot of that, a lot of those quips or a lot of that humor, but um, he was very empathetic, and um, there there was a lot of of of, of his rendition that uh, rang true of the early Steve Ditko uh, comics when he was more of uh, more earnest, more endearing. But I mean, I don't know if you can put anybody above Tom Holland. He's just like no. the whole package. He's definitive he's, for me. He's just I feel, perfect. I feel that. Um as Spider-Man actors go, we've only improved every time. So Tobey Maguire was good. I did mm. enjoy him. Mm. I thought he was really good. But um, I liked Andrew Garfield better, I think. Mm. And um, See, I'm in the minority. I actually like Maguire better. Did you? Um, I, I don't do know. Well, I just, I really. It's just so di- it's so different. Um, it's hard to compare them because they I, are very mm. different actors. It, maybe it's just because I like the original trilogy better than the amazing They're the first ones you movies. saw, too. You know, you grew up with them and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. That's a special... Mm. Sure. Feel to yeah. it, but yeah, you like the amazing movies better than the Raimi ones. No, no, I like the trilogy better than the, oh, okay. the amazing ones. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I also like uh, Maguire better than Garfield. But okay, but I gotta I say, Holland is the best. <laughs> he's he's it. Like he's what yeah. you would yeah. picture in whether that's right or wrong in preconceived notions in your head when you're reading a comic. I think that's what comes to life is Tom Holland. That's my opinion. I think he's the guy. He's a little bit vulnerable, but he's usually upbeat. Doesn't maybe take everything seriously, mm-hmm. yeah, but he's star-studded. He's he wants to be a part of the Avengers. That's the thing. He's young, and that's so. what it was supposed to be. What I got to say is I was surprised to find out. I'm in the minority of this one because I didn't know, but uh, I Googled Tom Holland after, and I found out he's 21, and I thought, wow, because mm-hmm. he really acted very well as a teenager. I thought yeah. he might be like 16, 17, but um, comparatively... Um, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield were both late, late twenties mm-hmm. when they played yeah. Spider-Man. Oh, I yeah. think that yeah, makes a yeah. huge difference. I think it's hard not to have a bro crush on Tom Holland. Like he, he nailed <laughs> it in every or aspect a regular of- one if you're a girl. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can I say I love that uh, that his uh, that his voice that he uses for Peter Parker is like he has like this scratchiness to it that really sounds like Marty McFly to me. From it totally Back does. To the Future, which I oh my love, gosh. love, 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 love. He would have been he would have been a good Spider-Man back in the day. Yes, he would have. Oh yeah, my gosh. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Imagine See, that. Yeah, I feel like Tom Holland is is kind of channeling that a yeah. little bit. That that may, that may have been intentional. The vulnerability, the cool yet nerdy style. Yeah, wrapped yeah. into one Absolutely. and uh, suave. I think is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, good as always, but different from what we've seen. I know we touched on that. He's earlier. learning from his previous lessons of constantly making mistakes that get get people killed, which is the <laughs> recurring thing with Tony Stark. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's taking more responsibility. He's taking. I feel like he's more of a senior role now. Um, and he, you know, that when he when he says. Uh, 
uh, when he's scolding Peter and he says like, oh, I sound like my dad right now. And I really kind of, he says that, but it really rings true and it really put that together for me. But he's taking responsibility, like you said. And he was, remember he said, um, what if you had died? That would have been on me. Yeah, I loved it. And I loved his conviction. Didn't think twice about taking the suit away or doing this. He goes, okay, you're done. Just, I I love that. Mm -hmm. There's no questions asked. That was it. And it was so powerful. It was so funny. Even the the Aunt May quips earlier in the film. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You're wearing something skimpy. Like that was hilarious. Running joke that people. She's like the hot Aunt May. The look that Peter. I like that they embrace that because she is totally younger than the Aunt May we're Mm. used to getting. And but I like the kind of look, the kind of like frumpy look they introduced. Yeah, they gave her the glasses and the high waisted pants. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting. Like they tried to make her older than she appeared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Marissa Tomei is older than you think. She's in her 50s i believe yeah yeah which but is incredible just, you know what? is gorgeous <laughs> did, you, did you see uh i i saw um online a picture like from uh some future spider-man movie of uh, uh a young aunt may and uncle ben and it's a, a picture the picture from seinfeld that george with marissa tomei <laughs> oh, man. marissa tomei i love that episode that oh that is mm. one of the Best Costanza stories. <laughs> making out with the pillow on the couch is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I uh, I liked her as Aunt May, and mm. I know other people had some kind of mixed reactions, including I think that may have Pete, been what Pete was referring to. Yeah. With uh, chemistry, mm. and I didn't feel that. I felt like that she was the definitive guardian. I felt like they had the chemistry. I feel like mm. they really meshed well, being both younger roles than we're typically used to seeing in the past five spider-man films yeah i don't know i I had no problem with that i liked her in that role what did you guys think of her and her dynamic with tom i thought they did really well together um the way he was constantly calling her may instead of aunt may i don't Mm. know it just seemed like they had such a familiar subtleties like him leaning on her like a mom Mm -hmm. and leaning on her in the sense he's only saying love you may when he leaves like Uh, it's it's just I don't know I thought it was great there's an yeah there's an appreciation that they have for each other and um uh but there is still like um there's the dual identity thing that's you know at some point uh uh, uh there's a point in the movie where she kind of confronts him about the fact that like which is something like like a, like a relatable teenager experience where she's like I know what you've been doing I know you've been sneaking out and I know you've been doing now's the time to tell me what's going on and um which is that they kind of confronted that a little bit uh, with uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but um, yeah, th- there was there was a good dynamic happening. It's interesting that Mercer Tomei just recently noted that there was some some stuff that she was most proud of from having worked on the movie. Some scenes that were actually ended up uh, being cut. With uh, did you read about that? I forget what specifically she referenced. I did um, not. Oh, we'll see it in the Blu-ray. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, most likely. Just some. Uh, oh, what was it? I don't remember, but uh, but yeah, there, there was more to the to the Peter Mayer relationship that we didn't end up getting from the movie. But speaking of things we will see on the Blu-ray, I don't know if you guys saw this one. Uh, there's going to be a whole oh. slew of Steve Rogers extras. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, those I were so good. Those, they said they was... they filmed like a ton of them. Uh, John Watts <laughs> said in a recent interview, basically like they kept going and going and going, and they had him do like 45. Oh my something, gosh, something crazy like that. <laughs> and he would basically be like, "You want me to read it? How kind of thing?" Uh, <laughs> and uh, Chris Evans, that is, and yeah. it, it's kind of funny. Like those were some of the better scenes I in the movie. Like when he points those. to the right and the gym teacher's on the left. That was Emily's oh, favorite so part. One of her favorite parts of the movie. He's at my good friend, the gym teacher, and he's over here handling. <laughs> He's like, is over there. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal now, but we're required by the state to show this video. And um, <laughs> and of course, the after credit scene. Um, oh, that was one of the better end credit scenes oh, I've ever so seen. Good. It really was. Um, that was. That I mean, that's a brilliant idea. Hoping uh, your patience will so be rewarded. I would watch 45 <laughs> of those in a row. They are so self-aware with mm-hmm. these movies, and mm-hmm. they they. They take it for what it's worth, and that's why it was awesome to me. Like it was, it was so good. And I like that um, he's wearing the outfit that he wore in the first Avengers movie, which me is too. like it's kind of like the doofiest version of his outfit. It's, it's more like, of a costume. It's yeah, it looks goofier. It's brighter. It has like the earpieces. It doesn't look as cool. <laughs> like that's a um, Halloween costume versus his actual outfit, which would be a good cosplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of funny that they use that version of it. Yeah, seriously. And how that works out with the timeline of what he was doing after like the first Avengers took place is you know whatever. But this yeah. is just a random thing. But I feel like it was kind of funny that in one of the classes that Peter was not paying attention to the teacher, they mentioned the Sokovia Accords. It oh, must yeah, have been yeah. a history oh, class. Yeah, that was interesting because Jamie and I kind of looked at each other and were like, that That just weird. happened. But yeah. maybe it was like a current events class. I thought it was like, oh, history? That's weird that it it's It seemed so oddly out of place. But it and made I'm... me think about high school. We learned about 9-11. It was in our history books. Mm. And I mean, I was alive for that. So Yeah, but at the same time, you when 9-11 happened, you would have been eight. Yeah. Different, you know what I mean? Of course. So, and maybe that's just how it is and how quick we can turn out things yeah. with technology and all that. But it, like this would have happened theoretically like a year before. I know. Uh, so maybe, you know, it, it is feasible that they're talking about it, but it just felt almost like a forced plug oh. to me. And normally I don't feel that in the Marvel films. It's weird, yeah. But it felt like they were just kind of throwing that in to be like, yeah, hey, remember that Civil War movie that we did? Yes, you know? and speaking of Civil War... I thought, okay, the very beginning, the opening where it's Peter's home video, I think yeah. that's amazing. That's How incredible. He filmed all yeah. that. It's so funny. That was great. And the fact that they had a different view of when he ran in and he was like, oh, hold on. And yeah. then he ran in and like stole yeah. Cap's shield. And what's oh, incredible gosh. is you know they had to film that back when right. that happened. Exactly. Like, so they were thinking about this. How yeah. far ahead they think is, is just and amazing. You get, you get the, the play, you start the chemistry between him and Happy about how Happy Hogan kind of suffers through Peter's <laughs> youthful exuberance uh, and that continues throughout the movie. I love Happy's character he doesn't and John want to be Favreau. a babysitter. <laughs> I, I was so happy with his performance in this and I had <laughs> no idea that it was going to be that prominent. Yeah, yeah so me good. neither. Yeah. I love yeah, it. It was good to see. Happy's always kind of looking for that extra role, whether it's security in Iron Man 3 with the badges or, you know, kind (laughs) of. And he still had the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And I love the dynamic between him and Tony Stark and how they they really are best buds. Mm. Like, that that was great. Gwyneth Paltrow, we heard probably about uh, two, three weeks ago that she was going to be in the movie. Uh, I like that appearance because hey, that, that means great. they're back together, yeah, right? That's right. Like, yeah, right? yeah, we're unsure about that. Iron Man, Civil War, yeah. yeah, like mm. they they had taken a break or something had happened, a, mm. a split, and it's really good to see because I love them together. Mm-hmm. So another yeah. facet of him growing as a character, Tony Stark, that is. Yeah, um, um, we we love Michael Keaton as Vulture. Yeah, kind of talked about how intense he was. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover in a smaller. Yeah, uh, that's a, the I, introduction I of his Tony, character. Or uh, Google lists Tony Revolori, who plays Flash Thompson. They list, list him as Manuel. Yeah. What? Okay, yeah. I guess that was an old placeholder or something. Uh, yeah, he's Flash Interesting. Thompson. Interesting. Maybe yeah. his name really was Manuel because Flash is not a common first name. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know what... It could be his yeah. name in the movie. Um, no, no, they call him Flash Thompson. Like, yeah. He is Flash Thompson, but he's a, kind of a different... Normally, Flash Thompson is, is, a, is a stereotypical jock bully who beats up Peter Parker and everything, um, but he's more of a, a white-collar rich kid uh, bully, which is more authentic with, with uh, the current generation. So that was cool. Um, a little change-up of Flash Thompson. Donald Glover, yeah. 
was re- he was really really good. Um, he played the role of like this kind of just like low life um, uh, guy really well. He just felt it, it was, was a gray area. It was a there, small role, but it just felt so real. And also worth noting that he played Aaron Davis, who uh, in the Ultimate Comics is the Prowler and also the uncle of uh, Miles Morales, who. Um, you know, is, oh. is in Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, uh, he said, I got a nephew that lives in this neighborhood. I have a nephew that lives around here. So that's been addressed that, that that's Miles, Miles Morales exists in the MCU. Wow. And we'll probably see him someday, maybe a few movies down the line. I mean, that's a nice little tie. And Donald Glover's obviously been very active lately. And I, I love when the, the Disney characters kind of cross over like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been seeing more and more of that lately. Um, I think best part about... Donald Glover's performance was the ice cream in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hand is stuck to the trunk. He's like, come on, I got ice cream in here. <laughs> like, that was just damn funny. It's too good. Um, Laura Harrier. Yep. Uh, is, Alien? She, yep. Alien. I loved her character. She was good. Yeah, she was really I, good. I loved um, her as a love interest, too. I thought yeah, that was um, really well done. And the fact that it didn't work out was yeah, kind of yeah. refreshing. They closed it off. Honestly. She was like the cool senior. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like there, there wasn't like a... Uh, a deep chemistry between her and Peter Parker, but I also don't feel like there was meant to. She was just the girl that he. It was supposed to be awkward. To, yeah, that, it's she a was, first high school crush kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. nice that it it's didn't work that's out. Meant to just kind of come and go, and they did that very well. And uh, but they they shared some amazing scenes, like the scene where he asked her out and everything. Um, Somehow it made great. you feel like you were there, like you were asking her out, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you're yeah. kind of choking there, you're sweating, it's intense. Mm. Oh, we have a caller to the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> caller online. Caller, here you we go. Yep, Lauren, you're you're on with the Geekiverse on the Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler cast. Lauren Leroy from Buffalo, New York. Hello. Hi. Um, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. yeah. What's up, Lauren Leroy? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you haven't been listening to the live show. That's ridiculous. Uh, we, yeah, loved we loved him, it. Is the answer? It was good. It was wonderful. Yeah. Take her off the line. <laughs> <laughs> Next caller, please. What's up? I'm. Oh, okay. You know what I should have said? You mean to the said, studio? Homecoming. I should have said, "Hi, Lauren." <gasps> this I'm is a homecoming. <laughs> Frazier. You know that show that's better than Seinfeld? No. <laughs> See, no one knows that. You reference. mean nothing at all? Every- right. Wait, is this the spoiler cast? Yes. Yes. Okay, so how do you feel about Spider-Man failing as a superhero for half the movie? I love it. It's very Peter Parker. It's, it's very Spider-Man. It's growth. It's uh, he's a kid, Lauren. I think it was nice Spider-Man to see him not be perfect right off the bat. Spider-Man is best when he screws up and learns. Is that's wonderful. It was nice to see him not be perfect right off the bat. Yeah, and learn yeah. as he goes. That was a big complaint I had with the other two iterations of Spider-Man. That he becomes Spider-Man and then he's just good at it right away. Like this Tom Holland Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for a while now or a, a good amount of time and he's still learning. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it because it gave a little bit of a human quality to these superheroes that we feel are invincible all the time. That's a good question. Anything else? Thanks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks for your question, Colin. calling his Aunt May just me. We loved it. We just talked about that, actually. Um, oh, yeah. I mentioned that. We wow. love the relationship between, between Marissa Tomei and Tom Holland. It was great. George Costanza would like it too. <laughs> Anything else? No. All right. We'll see you in a bit. Okay, bye. Thanks okay, for bye. calling. <laughs> Thanks, caller. Have a good day you and good mental health. She, she oh, also <laughs> called in to walk in carpet once. 
<laughs> she goes, am I on the air? How is she calling in to non-call-in shows? It's I amazing. She always calls in to the I live think, shows. I, no, I can't prove it, guys, to. but I think she's got a tracker on me somewhere. <laughs> probably so in your that. suit. Uh, last thing we couple, yeah, probably want to mention um, for this, Zendaya. Uh, Zendaya, whatever yeah. you may say as Michelle or mm-hmm. MJ. Mm-hmm. Liked her character. She was kind of... She was um, funny and quirky. It was funny that she said she wanted to get some mm-hmm. light protesting in. Yeah. Giving oh the God. middle finger to, to Peter at one point was kind of funny. She yeah. was all about uh, everything current. She knew everything that was going on. Especially it. with, uh, you know, the the Washington Monument, they were like, oh, don't you want to see it? And she was like, oh, I don't really want to look or celebrate something that was built by slaves. <laughs> like she just the typical know. Debbie Doubter. They, oh, so that funny. was great. I love a little a little bit of those th- those moments where the, the humor <laughs> felt not quite as, as held back, you know, g- joking about yeah. About that kind of a thing. Uh, that's really that, that's really good. That's really refreshing. When um, she mentioned in detention, how like you don't even have detention. She's like, I like drawing uh, people in a time of crisis, something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then she drew Peter later on, and she was like yeah. showing him the sad face and yeah. like smiling, like oh, she's man. a sick person. <laughs> and then like at the um, the end of the movie, when she's like, "Do you have something to hide?" She's like. <laughs> I don't care. Get out of here. <laughs> Peter's trying to leave. Like, I, I thought that it was... You thought it was real for a second, and then she's like, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I like that character. Um, mm. I've seen a lot of articles, like actually, that have not had such a warm reaction to her character. I thought she was endearing. I thought it was funny, and oh, I don't need great. her to be really well. like the tried-and-true MJ, quote-unquote, if you will, from the past mm-hmm. Spider-Man comics and lore. So, like, I, I was fine with this being kind a, of more similar to the ultimate comics um yeah. mj it, it, i was fine with that a little bit more of a rebel yeah a little bit more of a rocker chick yeah yeah it's, it's total 180 from what we saw with kirsten dunst and i'm you know i'm fine with that so mm-hmm. it was okay but um i, I think we've probably oh covered- the, there was the, there was the two shockers uh one of them was played by bokeem woodbine i don't remember the name of the gentleman who plays the the other shocker um him and uh, is it Logan Marshall Green? Yeah. Um, so that was a very, you know, stupid. Uh, so, te- so technically, the movie had um, uh, it, it had its collection of villains, but it was uh, it was done in a way that was very organic. And also, um, uh, who, what is his name? Michael Mondo played Matt Gargan, the man who will become Scorpion, who was a major Spider-Man villain. Um, and they're in the post-credit scene. They're starting to set that up a little bit, a little bit of a small network of Spider-Man villains that will hopefully someday build up to the Sinister Six, something that the Sony was unsuccessfully in a forced way trying to do with uh, an amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, but now it's starting to come together in a little bit in a much more natural way that I really like with they- um, Vulture and and uh, Matt Gargan seeing each other in prison. And he has a scorpion tattoo over here that you can see in the movie. So, How about... Uh, well, we'll, we'll probably take a one last break <laughs> here just... Uh, with how we want to wrap things up. Uh, going into the final segment, we'll talk about some of the decisions uh, that some of the characters made in the film. Uh, we will touch on the, the John Hughes comparisons and uh, we'll wrap things up. So uh, for one more segment here, for Seth, for Jimbo, I'm Josiah. Keep it locked here to the Geekiverse. We will be right back. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you that we do have a Geekiverse store for all shirts that are geek. We have the Geek and Proud, Peace, Love, Prosper, straight out of Arkham, and the Geek University tee if you like it simple and blocky like I do. Now, that's at thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com, or you can do it real simple. Go to the Geekiverse and click on the tab on the upper part of the webpage. It's real big. It's real easy to see. We thank you for supporting us, but for now, let's get to the show. 
Welcome back to Spider-Man Homecoming, the spoiler cast. Josiah, Jimbo, and Seth here from thegeekiverse.com. Uh, so we want to talk about uh, something with Michael Keaton's character, Vulture's Decisions. Uh, so mm. on numerous occasions makes a kind of life-altering, possibly, decisions. First off, in the car with Peter decides not to kill him. He has yeah. the gun and he says, kind of, you saved uh, you saved her life, my mm-hmm. daughter's life, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to spare yours this one time. Yeah. I got to say, he kind of couldn't kill him in the car i mean he could have driven off with him yeah he could have done something like he was at his mercy and he also had him like scared he was you know he had him kind of in that moment where he was kind of thinking where he was kind of uh you know he was paralyzed with fear he was uh yeah he he was in control of that situation i think Um, so yeah something could have happened there for sure yeah Uh, the other then the next one choice number two that was kind of prevalent in my mind was that he doesn't kill Peter. And this one didn't really make sense to me. I don't like this one. I, I pointed this out. this was out. super weak. Jimbo pointed it out that during their battle, he doesn't kill him. He drops him when he sees the um, the shipment drop. He from totally the, has like the upper hand here. He has Peter in his hand, ready to kill him. Nobody's and- around. He's not. His, he's his alias yeah, right now. He no can kill him, no know. problem. Yeah, no one's going to know if he does this. I thought that um, was a, a weak And he just drops point. him when he sees the box of cargo. He's like, oh, I'm going to take that loot and leave. Like, and we know he's not a weak character who would be like, oh my gosh, there's loot over there. Yeah, no. Like, he knows Spider-Man's <clears throat> going to come back to haunt him, as he has plenty of times already in the short time they've known each other. So I just think that was a weird decision. Mm. What was, like, really, what was the incentive not to? And maybe you could... Maybe he just wanted <clears throat> to get away, and, like, he felt like if he, if he kept on trying to tangle with peter is just going to go on he just wanted to get it and leave or maybe he still kind of wanted he isn't you know we, maybe there's we know a conscience that he's, there we know maybe that he he's not all bad and he does have a conscience him. which we saw in in that the mid credit scene um so maybe it was just kind of uh he still had some mercy there for him yeah, yeah. good point though so yeah, that may connect very well mm. uh to decision number three which is during the credits and he doesn't reveal to, to matt gargan the Scorpion. identity I, I really like that. Mm. I think he may want to keep it to himself for now to see what kind of incentive he has. Because if he just tells him, they might just kill him. But mm. he might be able to use it later on. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Bargaining chip kind of thing. Perhaps. I don't know. Um, I I thought it was interesting how they kind of displayed that that morality think line of thinking. Like going back and forth, whether it was selfish or whether he was really trying to be you know, a good guy, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I I thought that that character was deep, and I yeah. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the theater, Lauren and Jamie jumped, <laughs> jumped when um, his wife walked into the okay, room. Okay, set up the oh, scene. Yeah. So we're in the Peter's we, in the house. Just he's just met Vulture face to face. Peter knows who he is, but Vulture does not know who Peter is. Mm-hmm. He walks in. The music is scary. It's mm. quiet. No one else is in sight. Where is Liz? Is he alone in the house with this scary man who may or may not know who he is and or kill him? Mm. And then <laughs> something disturbs the quiet. And so I loved it. Lauren uh. and I jumped a mile. <laughs> I, I'm known, I thought it okay, was so unwarranted. Listen, I'm known for jumping at movies, and that was the one and only time I did in this entire two-hour, 15-minute movie. So I'm a little proud of myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah. some other good jump. I, I felt like a, a good potential jump moment was when uh, when Peter was chasing after the weapons van through the neighborhood, uh, and uh, then at the 
just as he's about to jump after after then vulture screeches out of this guy and then then gets peter and just flies him up into the air and drops him that would have been um, the most jumpy for me but yeah that was a, that was a good jumpy moment i think nothing else was close to me most movies i these days i feel a little bit on edge at some point and i never <laughs> felt that way in this movie even when he met uh face to face in the house with michael keaton and i was like oh my gosh this is awesome <laughs> like it wasn't really a twist because think about it like it, a lot of times in spider-man lore and in, in some way shape or form the villain is the girlfriend's dad like right, it's, you, it's, or the best friend it's, but it's a you, trope sure if you think about that it totally makes sense but it just but did not connect they, in my mind they threw you off the trail yeah they te- definitely did and then it and, was a, a bit of a twist and so i was like what mm, they don't yeah. even have mm. do they have the same last name well, Liz Allen is her name. Yeah, yeah. And his, his name his... is Adrian Toomes. Right. So, so that even no. throws you off further. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they did a lot uh, to, to definitely throw you off the scent, I guess. Yeah. Um, moving on here with the, the John Hughes themes. Um, yes. I know Seth is, is about to write an article on just kind of some of the themes and comparisons here. Yeah. But uh, why don't you start that conversation? What did that look like to you? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was something that early on Kevin Feige and director John Watts had noted would be an inspiration, um, you know, much like how uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier took inspiration from political thrillers and Ant-Man took inspiration from heist movies. This would take inspiration from uh, John Hughes' teen drama, comedy, romance movies from the 1980s that were such an amazing cultural touchstone for a generation of people. Um, and I, I was really, I'm, I'm a huge fan of those movies. I believe Jamie is as well. Mm-hmm. And um, th- I was so glad to see um, that come through because I, f- I feel like um, there are a number of scenes and characters that kind of directly parallel um, things from John Hughes movies. Obviously, there was like a, a Fer- Ferris Bueller chase sequence that, that happened. That was so funny. Where they actually show a clip of Ferris oh, Bueller man. and everything. Um, I think Michelle, MJ, is uh, parallels a couple characters from John Hughes movies. Um, there's Allison, Ali Sheedy's character from Breakfast Club. Oh, yes. Um, but also Watts. Bit the, of a um, Mar- uh, Mary Stuart Masterson's character from Some Kind of Wonderful is kind of this... Uh, um, you know, a not very feminine, kind of a tomboyish uh, kind of a girl who's like a friend to uh, Eric Stoltz's character, Keith, who, while he likes this other girl, she's kind of in the background. It's that kind of a, it's like pretty in pink. She's like a female ducky kind of. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that they're building up that kind of a dynamic where she and Peter will kind of eventually uh, have this growing bond between them, this uh, blossoming romance. So, that, so that'd be very good to see. Um, and just... Um, uh, let me see. They having like the homecoming dance at the end is a little bit like the end of Pretty in Pink, um, but with um, an ending that's more reminiscent of some kind of wonderful where, um, you know, Peter turns away from the girl, the popular girl that he's been uh, that he's been crushing on, much like uh, uh, Keith did with uh, Leah Thompson's character. I think it's some kind of wonderful. Um, but overall, there's uh, there's just kind of these um, these general. Uh, uh, tropes of having like putting a lot of weight on what's going on with teenagers and their struggles and and, and you know having just like you know these things may not be world changing but they feel that way when you're a teenager and uh, there aren't a lot of movies that really did that for that generation before John Hughes did uh, and that was something that translated into this movie not only giving the teenagers struggles a lot of weight but also placing less weight and more humor on the adults and having them be characters you kind of don't take as seriously which was another kind of a newer thing that John Hughes did in the 80s Um, and uh, 
there was like a lot of uh there was like some montages and, and things like that. There was the Blitzkrieg Bop montage. There was the getting ready for the, uh, for the for the homecoming dance montage. And uh, also when he was like sitting in class sometimes. There was like these really specific things they did, like the way that we used in sitting in class and like the colors would be really pale and washed out. And it looked very much like classroom scenes from uh, Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Uh, th- yeah, like that. Bueller. When all the students are just kind of bored and sitting there and a lot of things like that. Um, but overall, besides just those little, just... Uh, kind of gimmick not gimmicky but uh those 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 smaller uh references there was just kind of a mood and attitude that was attributed to the characters that really uh rang true and i you know i saw john who's john hughes influence shine through the movie and i'm very glad for that i'm a huge uh, fan as well actually um and i love that and you're right with the kind of the high school theme or, or maybe what a, a youthful character is going through mm-hmm. uh, it humanizes the characters and i think that's exactly what spider-man needed mm-hmm. uh, especially in this kind of reboot again uh, for you know this time with the mcu but uh with john hughes uh there's those maybe like almost if you look at the movie posters which we're looking at here whether it's Mm. breakfast club ferris bueller home alone pretty Mm. in pink they've got this color scheme that's kind of dull and and there maybe would be a color or two that sticks out Mm. um most prominently and i think they did that very well with some of the marketing material for homecoming i think they've even adopted some of those color palettes for other movies whether it's thor ragnarok that's coming up that's very bright and Mm. almost looks like an 80s movie in terms of how they they promote the logo guardians of the galaxy volume 2 was the same way even Mm. though guardians always kind of was that so i like how they do that um and then with john hughes um i mean one of my favorite movies of all time is home alone Mm. Uh, Home Alone 2, actually. Mm. So, gotta love those. Uh, Breakfast Club, like you mentioned. Mm. Uh, all Seth, the I think John Candy movies. All the John Candy <laughs> movies. You said some kind of wonderful, I think, was your that's favorite. My, that's my favorite, personally. Um, 16 Candles, obviously. One of the most underrated movies that I love is Uncle Buck. Most, I love that movie. <laughs> most people are like, really? And I, I love that movie. It's just mm-hmm. so... It's you gotta love John Candy I love mm. his character in <laughs> that movie it's so much fun um, also you may not recall but the vacation movies the National Lampoon um, at least the first one I'm not sure about the sequels he did Christmas Vacation as well okay. um, which oh, is yep my right favorite, there my favorite Christmas movie of all time Christmas Vacation uh, If so I would say top three for me Christmas oh. Vacation Home Alone for Christmas movies and Jim Carrey's The Grinch, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I didn't realize this, that he worked on Mr. Mom. That's Michael Keaton. <laughs> that's oh, hilarious. Yeah, that's right. Good call. Good call. Wow. That's uh, in the Beethoven movies, which were kind of, you know, whatever. He, but, did, uh, he wrote some, yeah, he, he has a bit of a mixed, you know, he, he wrote so many iconic movies, but then he also wrote like Home Alone 3 was another movie that he wrote, isn't it? Which is not very good. And 4. Yeah, no. Yeah, so. After 2, they just Like, they I can't believe 3 off. happened. I really can't believe 4 happened. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just phoning in in later years, but um, he had an indelible <laughs> impact in his film in 2017 at Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, gotta love it. And uh, pen drop right <laughs> wow. there. Yep, that, that is it. Oh, the incredible Seth. <laughs> you so, won't like him when he's angry. You won't like him when he's moderately a little bit angry. <laughs> um, just a so, bit passionate about something. <laughs> just a bit. I think that's, uh, that's kind of everything, actually, we wanted to talk about here. It was an extensive spoiler cast. I really like where we went with the direction on this one. And mm. uh, I feel like we got our, our full full spoiler cast you know on the table we, g- we got everything out we did it uh, we did it folks we <laughs> before did I, before we we got it on the table and then i flipped, flipped it. it and we picked it up and we did it again mm-hmm. so that was it uh so that's about it all that happened all yeah. that happened <laughs> yep. um yeah the youtube people will know that that is a lie 
Well, now the now the audio people will know too. I can just cut it. It's okay. 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 Uh, we'll wrap things up here. What did you think of Spider-Man Homecoming? How does it uh, compare and contrast to the other Spider-Man films, the other MCU films? What did you think of Tom Holland in the title role in com- comparison to Garfield and McGuire? We want to know your comments. Be and sure Hammond, to- Nicholas Hammond from the, from the, the 70s. The much forgotten Nicholas Hammond. Uh, so definitely visit us on social media. Leave your comments there. We'd love to talk to you, whether that's our, our Geekiverse social media or our personal ones. Uh, but where can we find everybody on the social medias, most notably Twitter, and uh, what do you got to promote for the Geekiverse? We'll go to Seth first. You can find me on Twitter at Kapamerikonski, and uh, as Joe said, I'm uh, writing up an article just elaborating on a lot of these uh, parallels between Spider-Man Homecoming and the John Hughes movies of the 80s, and other than that, uh, we have uh, we, ha- we have some, uh, some, uh, some gestating... Uh, uh, editing projects, much like la- in the tradition of last year, the Midwest Gaming Classic that me and make uh, the trip me and Nate Lockhart took is being is taking its time being edited. <laughs> so <laughs> look forward old man to that. And uh, there, there's some 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 fun new ideas we have uh, yeah. uh, coming up. Uh, Podcasts are rolling. I'm excited to see you. We're kind of churning out some new video content here yeah. over the course of the summer. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll have some more giveaways to announce shortly too. Just had a loot crate giveaway. So thank you for subscribing on YouTube. Uh, Jimbo, what do you got going on right now? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Lynn Leroy. Also, uh, I've got a video series you can find on thegeekiverse.com. It's called Jamie's Got Mail, edited and filmed by these lovely men over here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> lovely men. so nice. Where we... Men, uh, men, men, we men un- and tights. Men, men. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> No. I look at the table. Seth has tights on. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, so well, Jamie's got mail know. is the unboxing of the Phantom of the Month Club box. It is geek themed jewelry, and, and we have a four part mini series on that. Yes, geeks, geeks on the, on beach, the beach edition. Yes. Uh, also, I am covering any um, news, staying up with what's happening with the Psych movie. It's called Psych the Movie, a Christmas special coming out in December, following uh, this the eight season series. Of psych. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. You can find me there. Um, either talking about hockey stuff or geeky stuff. Uh, rinse and repeat, as I told a colleague today. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, for the Geekiverse, I'm doing a lot of video editing, a lot of um, our podcast producing as well. Uh, so you can find me all over those as far as our written content on thegeekiverse.com. Uh, very shortly, I will have a Crash Bandicoot review up for the Insane Trilogy. I am loving that right now. If you're a yes. video game fan, Seth is loving it as well. Absolutely. Uh, check out our, our podcast. We did a, a history uh-huh. of Crash Bandicoot as well as a, a complimentary video, uh, youtube.com slash thegeekiverse, which shows the Crash Bandicoot commercials through time. Our and live we- commentary and reactions through... All of the, yes. the Crash Bandicoot commercials we could find are the PlayStation 1 era, American, Japanese. We cover a lot. One of my Check favorite videos we've ever done. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's fun to watch if for nothing else, just the, the commercials there. Yes. So uh, you'd be surprised if you're a Crash Bandicoot fan to see what you probably missed, uh, mm-hmm. particularly the, the Japanese versions for some of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, but those are always good. Uh, so stay tuned to that. I am going to write a complimentary Spider-Man piece as well on five things why a Homecoming was amazing. No pun intended. <laughs> and uh, you can catch us doing that shortly. Oh, I've got to update my ranking article as well. My ranking of the... Yes. It's been, I've been really wrestling with it, this versus Spider-Man 2. I think I think this might end up being uh, second place behind Spider-Man Two, but that's a tough call. We'll have, to, have to let it settle in a little bit more, yeah. I guess. I guess uh, we'll have to see. 
Go to thegeekiverse.com. Seth will have his Spider-Man rankings up shortly, his re-rankings. Yes, um, yeah, the update. Lou Matuzo, the sweet one, we call him at the Geekiverse. <laughs> uh, my, myself and Lou, we have ranked every MCU film. We're going to update that this week and give you our Guardians and Spider-Man re-rankings. Uh, so okay. stay tuned for that. Lots going on here in the summer of geek, as I call it. I just made that up on the spot. I don't really call it that, but it's a good marketing idea. Summer, uh, summer of George, right? Summer of George! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Seinfeld and Frasier uh, in the coming weeks, hopefully. Oh, are uh, we now? Or are we now? We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Seth and I have a debate. Battle ongoing the argument. Ages. That uh, Frasier is a better show than Seinfeld. That and is I, my, that's my argument. Yeah. I disagree, but uh, both quality shows, that's for sure. Uh, visit us on social media. We're facebook.com slash the Geekiverse, Instagram at the Geekiverse, and it, uh, for Twitter, we are at the underscore Geekiverse. Can't get rid of that underscore. Someone has the Geekiverse. Working Give on it. Give it up, folks. <laughs> Once we get rid of that, we're done with our underscores, except for Trevor, because he's so fat. Oh, <sighs> he needs, he needs all those. He, he needs, needs the, the underscores. They're platforms to support his weight. He needs they the are. underscores, yes. He is porkins if I ever saw him. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Uh, you're listening to this either on SoundCloud or iTunes. Thank you very much for supporting. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. We are youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. Be sure to like and subscribe. Give us some comments on there. Every little bit goes far for us. You can go also to the geekiverse.storeenvy.com. Uh, pick up one of our shirts there. We've got some geeky-themed T-shirts. That also goes a long way for us, but uh, we love interacting with you, the fans, as well. So... Lindy Ruffo, I hope that was on there. Okay. I think I covered everything. I don't know if I'm missing anything. I think Lindy tied it up well. I think so too. You can listen to our other podcasts on our channel. We have a walking carpet, which is Star Wars themed. Geeks Got Game, which is our video game themed. And then we've also. Oh, Lindy. Lindy. We have our new show, Geek of Thrones, which is. No, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You have to figure it out. You'll never guess it by the title. It's The Walking Dead. So, for Jimbo, for Seth, for Lindy, I am Josiah Leroy. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Signing off. We'll see you soon.